Hello, everyone, and welcome to Take Two. Uh, for those of you who will join in live, uh, welcome. For those who you'll turn in later, welcome. Before we jump into the conversation here with Randy, uh, a reminder that this Friday at 7 p.m., we are going to have an all Genesis Zoom live. And we hope you guys can join us. I think I sent out some invitations on text to a few people. And it's on all of our social media as well as our website. Uh, good evening, Gil. Uh, so that's happening this Friday at 7 p.m. The link is there on our Instagram and our Facebook and our website, thegenesisstory.com, so you can find it there. Also, for those of you who are tuning in, I'll say it now and probably repeat it in a, a little bit, if you have any questions uh, that you would like to throw at us, you can do so here live on YouTube and remind you also that we are opening back up so that if you want to participate in Take Two uh, Live, you can. You can come sit in and ask your questions, and we want to have this to be uh, a discourse with you guys as well. Thanks again, Kirk. <clears throat> Kirk did some work here on the chalkboard, that getting things ready. For the other thing that I want to announce is on Sunday, June 20th, we are, in a sense, reopening. We are going to continue to have the canopies outside for those who feel comfortable outside, and you can be outside without a mask. And then we are also opening it inside, and we are spacing things out inside so that you should be comfortable. If everyone's vaccinated, from what I understand, you can be together in small groups without a mask. If you're not vaccinated, we recommend that you do have a mask. We are not going to card you to see if you've been vaccinated or not. <clears throat> we trust you in those things. But we are moving forward in what ways we can. And the reason we're gathering together on Zoom is because we want to share these things with you as well as some other things that we are going to lean into. Uh, you know, I know I've talked with Randy and a few people. We don't want to move back to what was normal. We want to move forward into what God is doing and what is available to be done here in the future. And so that's part of what we're going to be talking about and what that might look like as we gather together. And so Hopefully you guys can join us on Zoom for that conversation. But today in Take Two, we are having this conversation on what I spoke about Sunday. And Sunday I spoke about living in the good news. As we've been talking through this kind of idea of transformation, we've been looking at how transformation takes place, how God reveals himself and how we detect those things. And that's kind of what I've got on the board here. We detect what God is doing. We've called that kairos moments, opportunities where God is leaning into us through circumstances, uh, through um, emotions, through a song, through, of course, scripture, through other people. And then we want to dig with compassionate curiosity to find out why is this happening? Why are we feeling this way? Why is this something that we are detecting? And as we lean into that, oftentimes we have to see what the problems might be that is being revealed. We have to kind of uh, really discern problems. And we talked about problems with security, problems with belonging, problems with significance. And as I spoke about those things, we want to then move to the next place, which is what we started talking about Sunday, is declaring good news to all these different areas. 
and we want to believe those things. And the first thing I started off with Sunday was uh, a quote by Dallas Willard, where it really talked about belief is not just what we think, it's living as if something is true. Mm-hmm. And that was something that hit me hard because so much of my Christian life has been about what I think. Belief has been my doctrine, has been, oh, if I have the right information, if I am able to, in a sense, regurgitate that information, then that's what I believe. But living as if it's true is totally different, you know? And so maybe I'll start there just with you. Um, The idea of declaring good news and living as if it's true um, some thoughts maybe you had on that, or, or maybe it prompted you to have some other questions. The uh, the the Dallas Willard quote was, it, it's heavy, I think, because we all, it's quite a lengthy quote, but it's mm-hmm. like part of part of that quote. I think we can all find ourselves, yeah, and um, uh, you know, having the right answers, mm-hmm. and maybe even taking pride in having the right answers, um, but having the right answers, and then like nothing's changed in the way you live. Mm-hmm. Those things don't, you know, um, that's always been, it's always plagued me. Yeah. And in the idea of the kingdom, right? Okay. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Am I living as if this is God's kingdom? Right, 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 right. So the, um, uh, the, the kingdom, so, so, and, and the kingdom here and now, right? That, that idea that, we that we believe that this is this is the good news but for so long and so much of you know trudging through what i've believed mm-hmm. um it's not the same thing yeah like even even what is good news even what is gospel um uh you know there's there's so much there's so much uh wrapped up in that that i think that uh, maybe people watching or listening or people who would like to join the conversation those are things uh, that we we still have a lot of questions about. Yeah, we're still growing into. Yeah, yeah, and and just and so the the kingdom, you know, I, I think of it this way, and this might be silly, but I, I've never even said this out loud before. <laughs> but it's almost like another dimension, right? That mm-hmm. that we don't we don't naturally have eyes to see. Mm-hmm. So these things are moving around us, and. Uh, God is at work around us, and if and if we're not, you know, mm-hmm. if we're not in tune with that, we miss yeah. we miss it all the time. Yeah, no, I think that that's a, probably a good description of what faith is, right? Is is living in a world that we don't see, mm-hmm. um, and, and trusting that it's there. I think is really important. I heard I was had a meeting this morning in the cohort that I'm a part of, and. I forget the guy's name, who they talked about. I took some notes, but this person was talking about, you know, someone when they ask him, are you saved? He says, not yet, but I'm getting there. Right. And it's just with the idea of that it's a progression. You know, it's something that is got a hold of me, but I haven't fully got a hold of yet. And I think living into that kind of mindset, you know, it doesn't mean he's insecure, but salvation is a continuing process that develops, and that's the idea of the kingdom. It's it's here, but not yet. You mm-hmm. know, we, we're living in it, but we're still expecting it. And I think having that mindset forces us to think differently, like you said, to 
live with this dimensionality of, okay, so there is a reality that I'm not fully seeing, but I'm trying to lean into. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where this idea of declaring good news comes, right? It comes in this place where we start to see ourselves and our purpose and who we are, the security that we get from the Lord in a whole different way, right? And just a quick review, the discerning the bad news, the bad news of uh, belonging is I am what I can achieve. I am what I do, Mm -hmm. right? And if I can do these things, then I belong to this. And the significance is what people think of me or the name I can make for myself. That's what gives me significance. And the security is I am what I have. Right. If I can cure enough things, then I have a sense of security. And those are all lies that we tell ourselves. Those are all idols that we build for ourselves and try to, you know, give homage to, I guess, in some ways. And this is where the declaration of good news is contrasting those things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And those things, you know, uh, you've you've talked about. Uh, in depth over the last few weeks, those things, I think, <clears throat> I mean, certainly when we were going through that, I see those things in, in my life mm-hmm. 100% all the time, but I see them all around me too. I see other people struggling with yeah. the same things. And this is kind of where I think, uh, you know, faith, Christianity, it kind of leads us to this decision at this mm-hmm. point, right? Like, yeah, are you going to be real or are you going to keep showing the fake stuff yeah. that you think people want to see? Yeah, are are you going to live into the good news or are you going to keep posturing and pretend that you have something? Yeah. Right? Um and there's a big difference and and I don't know, let me throw that at you. What what do you, what do you see as the difference between, you know, posturing into a position that looks like I have good news to living in good news? Well, I mean, yeah, and and again, I think this is like a it almost is like the way um man, the whole system is set up is like bringing us here. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of times we do exactly the Dallas Willard quote. We we want to have the right answers. We want to look spiritual. We want to pretend that we have uh, an an exclusive or we've, you know, we've really grown deep and we've memorized the Bible or whatever, you know, whatever that means to to you or to you, wherever you're at, like, and and you're trying to decide, like, you know, I want to grow my faith. Some people will simply say, well, go read your Bible, you know, memorize mm-hmm. the Psalms or whatever yeah. it might be. And, and so like, that's, uh, again, I love the Bible. I'm not slam, it's not slamming the Bible, yeah. but that's a, a really shallow way to say that, you know, uh, that this is what your faith is all about mm-hmm. because that will lead to, to pride, to mm-hmm. arrogance. And it can cover, it can make you feel like you, you're okay when it's actually burying the problems. Yeah, it compounds the problems. Yeah. And and the other side, I think, takes some humility and some, um, you know, some acknowledging that, man, I'm, I, I, I see this 
5% of the time. I, I see what God's doing. Maybe that. Maybe yeah. not. You know what I mean? Some days are better than others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of this quote from Dallas Willard, he says, perhaps the hardest thing for sincere Christians to come to grips with is the level of real unbelief in their own life, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, when you hear something like that, how does it strike you? Like, oh, I, I, I still believe, but how does it show up? I had a, a phone call today. We got a phone call to the... Uh, voicemail for Genesis. And it was a person who was very upset about a situation. And she, you know, left this message saying, you know, there's just this spiritual oppression and I need someone to call and pray with me. And so I called and I, she just kind of vented all these things to me about her friend and her friend's mom and how this, you know, demonic work is happening and we need to all pray and fast for this circumstance. And it was so interesting because through her conversation, I saw a lot of anger. I saw a lot of bitterness. I saw a lot of, you know, kind of what this quote would say, unbelief, you know, and and there wasn't the, in her mind, she was doing something good by recognizing all these things, but she was blind to her anger. She was blind to her, uh, kind of bitterness mm-hmm. to this person and what was going on and was, you know, just putting it off as demonic, you know, I'm bitter because it's demonic. And of course you should be bitter against demonic things, kind of a, a, an attitude, but it struck me that there is so little of the work of the spirit showing up in you as you're wanting to press into this, you know? And I mean, I, I was real, she just called for prayer. So I didn't, you know, do anything. I didn't preach to her or anything like that. I, I just really prayed the fruit of the spirit with her. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord, you would give us, you know, patience. You would give us joy. You would give us self-control. You'd give us perseverance. And, and I just prayed those things because I felt like those are the things you really need right now, but those are the things you don't realize you're not seeing, you know? And I think that's the way unbelief shows up. It shows up in our attitude, towards people. It shows up in our emotion when things happen that, yeah. that bother us. You know, I had a, a battle with security this week as I had to replace the air conditioner in my house. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, that, that, that was a, a more money than we were hoping to spend this year. You know, <laughs> And so that happened and it was like, okay, you know, now I've got to step back and see why am I feeling so anxious? You know, all of a sudden I feel like I got to go work twice as hard to make up for this, right? I have all this anxiety and the truth is I just wasn't really believing that really God is going to be with us and I need to trust him present with us. doesn't mean I shouldn't work and shouldn't maybe find ways to help us make ends meet, but why am I getting anxious about it? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lack of trust there, Yeah. you know, and that's hard <clears throat> to swallow sometimes. That's really... I, you know, perhaps money is the one that is yeah. harder than the rest. Yeah, that's the one that hits home yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I had that, I had that same anxiety today. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so, I mean, this this is how do I live? You know, in the reality that the kingdom is present when I'm having to fork out the money to pay for a new AC unit, you know, or things like that. Yeah. 
I mean, and so what? <laughs> what's, let's talk about that. What's the answer? So, it, uh, if we're uh, if if we're you know we're dealing with this idea of security, and the natural instinct is to put security in you know yourself, your mm-hmm. finances, or your your ability to create the life that you want, right? kind of being the master of your own destiny, all that stuff that kind of goes along with that? Yeah. Well, I, I use the passage in Matthew where Jesus asked the disciples, you know, who do people say that yeah. I am? And well, some say Elijah, say, some say one of the prophets, and he asked them, well, who do you say that I am? Of course, Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus directly deals with, you know, I think belonging, significance, and security, you know, he tells them, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know, so right off the bat, Peter, God's talking to you. You're hearing from God. You belong, right? You, yeah. You're a part of this. And he goes on, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, right? Um Right there, he, he's giving them significance. Absolutely, yeah. You know, hey, you're a part of something much bigger than you realize, you know. You're a part of this kingdom, and your name's going to change to reflect it. You know, you're a part of this immense thing that God's doing, and also security. The gates of hell aren't going to prevail against what's going on. So there is a, a different way of seeing all these things that I don't think Peter was seeing, and I don't think we see. Peter ended up dying and being martyred. You could say, well, that's not very secure. But the work that Peter did is enduring to this day, right? The work for the kingdom is enduring to this day. And so there's an idea of significance being more than what you can dimensionally see and take hold of. There is significant security in something that is bigger still, you know, Jesus said, don't put your treasure in places where thieves can steal and rust can take over, you know, moths can eat. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Put your treasure there, you know. And so I guess maybe the question is, what does that look like? You know, to put our treasure in things that cannot be taken away. Um, How does that practically live out? Because there's got to be a connection between this other dimensional kingdom of heaven world that we're talking about and the world that we live in. Otherwise, what good is it, right? I I don't want to be a part of, oh, yeah, I just believe. And it has no effect on the reality I live in. Um, And so we have to try and connect those dots. And I think this whole idea of transformation is how. You know, this whole idea of learning to lean in and declare good news to these places of belonging, this place of significance and this place of security, to to believe that it's something that I have in some way already. It's not something I have to work to receive. I have to impress to get, and I have to save to secure, right? It's something that I have already because Jesus is presenting it to us. And living that way, Paul would say, even I've learned to have abundance and to have a lack, right? To be, to abound and to be abased. Yep. And I have 
been able to find all these things. I'm content in all these areas. You know, whether I have a lot, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, even when I don't have money, right? Even when I, I don't have health. I, I can do what is necessary for me to do in all these circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we need eyes to see those things. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's kind of where it starts, right? Like, this is faith. Yeah. This is almost like starting all over. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Because we're not, uh, because now it's it's not like <clears throat> we go to church on Sunday, and that makes me a Christian. Or uh, I believe these certain things, and that makes me a Christian. Mm-hmm. This is like the awareness that God is working around you and in you, and if you let him through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we get to participate, like Peter did, yeah. in the work of God. And that we too can get revelations, you know. He said, you're the Christ, son of the living God. We can get revelations from God, you know, to share something with somebody, uh, to give somebody a phone call, to reach out to somebody, to, um, you know, do something that maybe just we have this kairos. I, I feel like this is what's happening and I feel this is where I need to lean into. Um, you know, we had a meeting, a few of us, the other night, Monday, and we just, it's kind of interesting. We've all had this feeling of this is what we need to do. And I thought it was interesting that all of us who were gathered had the same thought in a sense from mm-hmm. different ways. But we we're all like, yeah, this is all what we want to do. Yeah. You know, it's like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, maybe we're all hearing, you know, maybe we're all. And so then if that's true, if we're all hearing this voice, for lack of a better word, this impression, this spirit, this this moving, um, then maybe there really is something out there that is speaking. And and maybe we can live into that reality a little bit more because it happened throughout all of our lives, different circumstances, different ways, things we read, things we heard, things that just moved us, right? Maybe there's that spirit working throughout all of the world that we need to be more aware of. And lean more into not just on Sundays, not just, you know, on, on certain things, but throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you and I have had that conversation. And that's kind of one of the things we want to push into more here at Genesis is how can we make opportunities for everyone to have those experiences and to live in that reality, Right to yep. live as if that's really happening, and you can really be a part of it. And God is really speaking to you, just like He really spoke to Peter. And you too have good news to declare to your life and to the lives of the people you yeah. contact. Yeah, and what's and what's you know, like you you said this. What's incredible even about that story in Matthew is is that Peter probably didn't even know that God. It wasn't yeah. some audible voice. It wasn't some blast of light. It wasn't getting knocked off your horse or anything like that. Yeah. But he inherently had this thought. Yeah. And he had to say it. Right? He had like he got the pri- he got the prime moment and he was like, yeah. I know who you are. Yeah, this is it. I, I don't Yeah, I don't even know how I know it, but I know it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Those are the ways that God works and we are probably unaware of most of them. Yeah. And what would happen if we were aware of them? You know, we've talked about this too, you know, great people who've done amazing things like Mother Teresa, when you start reading from, you know, her journals and stuff after she died, 
man, she had a lot of doubts. Yeah. Right? I mean, she just wondered if she was doing the right thing, if God was even real. If she's, he, and if he was, did he love her? Yeah. And she's a chain smoker. It's like, <laughs> Mother Teresa, you're, you're blowing it for me, right? But then it's like, no, you're actually making it more real. Yeah. It's like, I can relate to you now. Because I couldn't relate to the Mother Teresa who just had no... Who floated. Doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All four foot of her, you know, just kind of <laughs> floated around and didn't have any issues, no doubts, to find out that she had a lot of things going on, and rightly so, for the powerful life she was living. Right. Um, it's like, okay, so maybe that's more what it looks like. You know, maybe that's more what the kingdom of heaven being lived out looks like. What, what is even... Uh, you know, when I think about her as an example, like she wrote those things down, but she also had people that she confessed those things to. Mm -hmm. And so she wasn't just hiding it. Yeah. She wasn't pretending. Right. Yeah. No, she wasn't ashamed. Other people around her might have, might have wanted to be like, oh, no, don't don't let anybody know that you're a chain smoker. (laughs) You know, let's get get those pictures out or whatever. That might have happened. But for her as a person, she was just like, this is. Like, yeah. Calcutta is rough. Yeah, this is hard, you know. Yeah. Picture of her and Eddie Van Halen next to each other, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, yeah, we're, we're living this rough life here. I mean, it's just, how do you then, you know, balance the ideas that you had, you know, the, the lies that we believe, the idols that we served of what holiness looked like, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of what, you know... Uh, salvation looked like and put it into the reality of how it's seen in Peter, how it's seen in a person like Mother Teresa or so many people who are doing amazing things, did amazing things, but still have everyday struggles. Struggles in these areas of belonging, significance, and security. And those are just some. There's probably a lot more that we could find. Um, but those are probably the three common to everybody. Yeah, I, I think those you could probably, you know, subcategory a lot of things in each of those. I mean, those are things that we kind of see in Genesis in the garden. Those are things that we see in Jesus's temptation. And then John mentions it in First John 2 again. But they show up in so many ways of our lives. And so trying to declare good news to these things, I think, is a, a daily thing where we have to see when we are we have to again discern when we are believing a lie yeah you know we have to discern when we are believing a lie about one of those areas uh you know a lie that you know what i don't think i'm doing enough i don't even know if i'm saved i don't even know you know what uh i'm gonna do you know with my life whatever it is all those things we have to discern are am I believing a lie about these things? Am I serving the wrong thing? Am I leaning in, putting my trust in if I do this, you know, if I can impress the right people, I'll be significant. If I can get enough people in my church, then I'll be respected as a pastor, right? Um, those kinds of things instead of like, well, if you need that to get respect, then this has become an idol and you're serving the wrong thing. You're believing the wrong thing. If you don't believe you're working from a place of abundance, 
and feel like you're living in a land of scarcity, then you're in the wrong kingdom. But those are tough questions to ask yourself, right? Am I believing a lie? Um, <clears throat> I used to do this with my kids when they were little, with uh, Judah and Levi. Um, I imagine I'll bring it back up for <laughs> Bella when she's ready for it. But I'd ask them this, you know, that Judah and Levi would get in a fight about something, and uh, typically it was little brother broke something that belonged to big brother mm-hmm. or something like that. And and Judah would just be like, he breaks everything, and he had that, and he was screaming and yelling and crying. And I'd say, I, I think I heard a lie in, in something you just said. And I said, do can you think of one of the lies you're believing? And then he, so we go through this whole exercise <laughs> and he would finally be like, okay, he doesn't break everything. <laughs> but, but those are hard questions because that's a lot. Like when you've, when you, especially if you have believed some way your entire life. Yeah. And now you've got to ask yourself, is that, you know, is that, is that really what your faith is about? Yeah. Right. Like, like is your faith, you know, um, you might say I, I, I have um, put my faith in Jesus and therefore I'm saved. And now you have to say, I'm not saying, I don't want to be heretical here, but I'm just saying, but you have to ask more questions yeah. than that. I, I have this faith and how does it show up? Like, what does it look like to everybody yeah. else? Yeah. And, and, and then, and if you start to say, well, I, I post Bible verses on Facebook, then you have to ask yourself the next question. Is that... Is that what salvation is about? Is, is, that, that, is yeah. that what your faith is all about? Is that, or what, or what is it doing? Maybe it's doing great things. Yeah, it, it might be. Again, none, none of these things are saying that everything else is bad, but right. it, it's pushing into it, trying to again discern if something is a lie there. Like, is it a lie that you know um, those things make you a better Christian? Is it a lie that those things are bringing you security in, in a way that you? you know, are trusting in that, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to something else, you know, it, it's, you know, the thing about a lie or delusion is when you're self delusion, deluded, um, usually you don't know it. It has to be pointed out to you. Um, you know, later on, Jesus would tell Peter, get behind me, Satan, right? right? Peter didn't know. He didn't know this was from God. That was part of the same conversation. (laughs) He didn't know this was from Satan, right? He's just like, what? You know? And again, I think think there's something powerful being said in each of these, you know, more powerful than, you know, saying that this is God or this is Satan. It's that Peter is in a conversation and being influenced in ways that he is not aware of. And that's where we have to, I think, exercise our faith and our learning how to discern what is of God and what is not of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's something that, you know, I want to press into a little bit later as we go to this area of discerning. But I've always told people, you know, when, when they want to know, well, what's the will of God? How do I know if I'm, you know, really doing the right thing? Um, you know, if you're doing good it's a good thing. You know, if you're doing some form of good, I don't see God being upset about it. You know, if you're helping someone out, God's like, oh, I really didn't want you to help that person out. <laughs> I wanted, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're doing good, you're probably doing something that God is happy with. And so 
I think you can always lean into those kinds of things, but understand that you're having those conversations all the time and you're, you're being, you know, influenced by those silent voices. Um, and again, this could get real weird in your mind, depending on where you came up, you know, like <laughs> this lady with the phone call I got the other day, whose demons were under every bush, you know, but there is an influence from God and there is an influence from the world. And the influence from God looks a lot like Jesus. And the influence from the world looks a lot like the power and structures that are forced in, in the areas of the world. Um, simplistic way of saying it. And, and which way are we being influenced by? What, what's influencing us? Um, how do we detect those things? And that's where I think setting up our, our radar to understand a little bit more what a kairos is, how God speaks, um, the things that you say, the dreams that you have, the things that move you. There's so many ways, you know, that God is trying to get our attention, that voice is trying to influence our lives. But are we hearing them? And then when we hear them, what are we going to do? Because hearing it isn't enough. We, we've got to react to it yeah. and act on it in some way. I think, you know, and it could look like a million different things, but I think that's important to be able to do those things in that way. So, um, <clears throat> what you're saying is you need to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? <laughs> no, but there's a, but there's a, uh, you know, this idea again, kind of going back to the beginning of, of what we we're talking about and, and the idea of like aligning, right. Your, um, your, your eyes, your spiritual eyes, if mm -hmm. you will, I don't know how to, to do yeah. that to, to see, right. Like to see, uh, it might be like the world looks different when you're, when you're rightly aligned. Yeah. And especially if you're, if you're, uh, especially after this last year and, and people are, you know, shell shocked and <clears throat> people are, um, afraid to go out, um, or just have anxiety about going out. And, you know, we're, we're certainly not called to sit on couches and watch Bible studies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think these are things that, again, we have to, act on the things that we believe on. And if we believe what Jesus is saying and that the kingdom of heaven is present and that God loves people and that our job is to love people as well, then we have to live like that's really what we believe. And, and it is hard. And sometimes we do have to, you know, take a deep breath. Sometimes we do have to go to a counselor. Sometimes we do have to do things to help us to live into the reality that we believe in. Um, but if we do nothing, then we start actually believing in the Dallas Willard definition, a lie. You know, we, we are, we're saying it's not important and people aren't important. So I don't need to connect you know, and, and really what we're doing is believing a lie that it's not important because it is. We know it is. 
and we're giving into the anxiety, the fear, whatever things it is, because it's a lot easier to just stay home. You know, it's a lot easier to just deal with family or a few people and not have to engage other people. I mean, some people already have social anxiety, yep. you know, and now after COVID, just multiply that. It's like, oh man, now I have had a, a reason not to be with anybody. And the reason is so much stronger now before than it was before, right. you know? And so that's going to be a tough thing for some people. And one of the things I want to do too later on, maybe next month is do another Zoom call with Dr. Quinlan and just talk about the PTSD of the past year, you know, and some things and just get some, you know, input from him and maybe even some help from him how to push into that. And so that's something, if you guys have any thoughts about that, shoot me a text, let us know if you think that would be a good idea. Cause it seems like there's a lot of people I've talked to who are struggling in that way. Yeah, me too. And even myself, um, uh, it's your routines have changed. So, I mean, particularly, I don't have the same job. So like, <laughs> like everything's kind of changed. And yeah. so like, you know, what used to be like, okay, clock out and now, you know, I've got this to do or that to do. It's like I clock out and I'm like, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. weird. <clears throat> but, um, but that's, you know, that's where everybody's at in one way or another. It's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily afraid to go out, but it, like you said, it's a lot easier not to. Yeah. And I'm an introvert. So that's even, yeah, that's even more so. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said like, I've loved COVID, you know, like <laughs> my, this is my dream. Like I don't have to go to, I don't have to go to the office anymore. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And yeah. I don't have to. And, and for some people, you know, and I've heard that a lot of things, a lot of businesses have changed how they do business. Absolutely. A lot of people are going to still continue to work from home and not go into the office. A lot of people have actually left their job because they don't want to go in anymore because they've gotten so used to working at home. They're trying to find jobs so they can continue to stay at home, right? So it's changing things in so many ways. Um, how do we, you know, live in this kingdom mindset that is going to shake things up when people are getting comfortable in a way that maybe isn't unhealthy, mm -hmm. right? How do we push people back into a healthy way of living? And that's some of the things we want to talk about because I don't want people to get used to isolation, right? I don't want people to get used to not having to engage with people and, and more importantly, not being able to help people with a conversation, help people with encouragement, right? Help people yeah. um, who have needs that you can see and, and go and meet, you know, whether it's bringing a dinner, whether it's mowing the lawn, whether it's, you know, having a, a call and praying for somebody. If you don't step into those things, um, you're missing out and you're believing, I think, a lie. Um, you know, the lie is that you don't matter, that those things don't matter, so many things in that realm that are just hard to to get out of if you don't see them. So can we? Can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, please. And then, uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. How? how uh, so, in my way of thinking, um, you know this the, this idea of lies and gospel. Mm -hmm. This goes back to a, a deep place in me, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, because this is how I talk to myself. So if you're going to 
uh, you know, belonging, significance, and security. Um, let's say that your struggle is is belonging. So you're, you what you're believing is you need to you need to perform mm-hmm. well yeah. to be to feel like you belong. And you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'll go to church when I when I start living right." Yeah, when I get my life cleaned up. Yeah, <clears throat> that's some, something like that. How do you preach the gospel to that? I think the gospel to that person is you already belong, right? The the gospel is you don't have to do anything. You, you already belong to this family. God already loves you. God already accepts you. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. To To preach gospel is to help them see that they're already accepted. And usually people who say those things or feel that way already have a circle of friends, or family that they are comfortable with. You know, I talk to people and they might be involved with, you know, uh, different areas. Some people might even be like in a a car club or a motorcycle club or bowling league, right? So many different things. And it's like, you already have places where you feel like you belong. Yeah. Right. And the way you feel like you belong there, you already belong to God like that, right? He already sees you as part of that club. Um, You just don't see that yet. And so then I I think the good news is you don't have to change who you are to belong. In fact, God wants to take who you are and help others who are in that same area see that they belong to. All right. So God isn't making you quit all other clubs and join his club. God is trying to multiply clubs. You know, he's trying to get the motorcycle club and the golfers and the bowlers and, you know, the musicians and the, he's trying to get all these people to say, you guys all, you didn't realize it, but that's all my club. And now you can take my club and you can share it with other people right there. And so if you're a bowler, you can stay bowling and use the bowling club, right? And now it becomes... Bullers for Jesus. No, it, it becomes, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it just becomes a part of your life in this new kingdom mentality mm-hmm. that actually transforms <clears throat> how you live your life where you're at instead of you having to go somewhere else to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, and it's a, that's actually a simple, you know, this is like if the, in this case, the feeling is, I can't, I can't, I'm not good enough, so I can't be part of that group. Yeah. And you're saying the, the you know, the, the gospel for yeah. that person is simple. You already do belong. Yeah. So it's, like, it's not, it's not based on your merit. It's not based on your performance. It's based on the fact that God loves you. Yeah. Even today, right now. Yeah. Even if you bolt, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what about someone who struggles significance? Again, how do we help people see that they're important? Um, And usually at that point, words aren't enough. I can't just tell someone you're important. I have to help them see that they're important. And sometimes that shows up in in, in a, a, almost a, a backwards way, um, like asking for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember years ago when we were putting a new roof on our house 
And it was during the summer because we wanted to do it when it wasn't going to rain. And there was an unusual thunderstorm in the middle of July. And we heard that it was happening, and I had absolutely no roof on at all. I didn't have plywood. I didn't have anything. It was just open to the sky. And I had to cover my roof within like a couple of hours. And I ended up going to one of my neighbors and asking for help and saying, hey, can you help me? I need to get this up. And he goes, I got a staple gun and we got plastic and we put up plastic on my roof. And my relationship with him changed Mm -hmm. after that, where he became significant. He knew that he did something that helped me and it was important and that he was an important person to me. Helping people to see that maybe even in that kind of a way, you know, helping them to see you matter to me. In fact, can you help me? Something very transitionary takes place when we move from someone who thinks that they aren't good enough to a place where they are needed. Significance is a weird one. And probably I, I, I mean, I struggle with security a lot. Uh, <clears throat> but this one, be, I think because I, because I'm a musician, <laughs> it's just, it's just natural. Yeah. Like, uh, artists in general, I think that, you know, you, you want to, you, you want someone to recognize your work, mm-hmm. right? So there's this, it's, in, yeah. it's intrinsic in what you do. Yeah. And you're putting yourself <clears throat> out there mm-hmm. through your work. But then, but you, so, you know, speaking for myself, but I'm pretty sure this is common amongst artists. Like over the years you put stuff out and, uh, it's, it's either liked or not liked. Mm-hmm. And then, but you build up this, like, you know, you, you know, I don't know. You build up this thing where it's like, oh, I can't, you know, you don't let these opinions of it mark you because yeah. you can't, you know, I can't live with that kind of like constant, uh, praise or, disdain for, mm-hmm. for my work. So I just kind of like, I let it be its yeah. own thing. But, but it's, but I, but I have talked to other artists where it's like, man, I just, I want people to, to recognize this and mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want, uh, I, I want to be respected because of it. Yeah. So, so significance is a weird one because there's that like, yeah. And that's not wrong in and of right, itself. Right? right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting people to like what you do. But I've struggled with that idea because, because of that there, yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily bad. But it can be bad. Yeah, if you're living just for that, if that's where you find out whether you're valuable or right. not, right? So, I, I mean, I, and I guess, you know, the problem with significance or the when people are looking for it in the wrong way is they are seeing that they are only valued if other people recognize it and not that there is value intrinsic within themselves, mm-hmm. right? And this goes back to, you know, created in the image of God, you know, that happened at the beginning. That happened before Genesis 3. That That's already embedded in every human's DNA. And that puts significance there automatically. You're, you're loved by God. You bear his image no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. Even the worst of the worst have that image there. It might have been destroyed to some degree, contaminated. It's buried, but it's there. It's part of who human beings are. No one can represent God like a person. Even a person who's done something terrible, who repents, has the ability to say, look at what change looks like. Mm. This is the image of God, right? And so helping people to see that image bearing 
within them is there and they mm-hmm. don't have to they don't don't have to work for it they don't have to achieve it by getting other people to like their work do things if people like it great that's a, a good thing if they don't like it Maybe it wasn't good. You know? <laughs> um, take that. I mean, the hard thing is when people say, yeah, God gave me this. And you think, no, he, <laughs> God wouldn't do that to you. I saw, um, I saw, <laughs> was Bono that said that at like a, a, Grammy, a, you know, a Grammy's award show. And he was like, well, everybody gets up here and thanks God you know, for, for winning. And he's like, <laughs> he's like I, don't, I don't think God wants credit for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, but I mean, significance is a difficult one. Helping people feel significant, I think, is a good way to bring it to them. And I find that asking people for help is a great way to build significance Mm -hmm. in other people and see their importance to the work of God, um, that they can help someone. And that gives significance not because they did something, but because they have the ability. You have the ability to help someone. Just like, you know, Peter, you the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against what's going on here. I mean, this is significant work. It's powerful. You have the keys to the kingdom. You can bless somebody. Right. What I, what I love about this one too, is it's like whatever you're showing forth as what you think people want to see Mm -hmm. like, this isn't how important I am or whatever (laughs) that idea of it. uh, What, you know, first of all, that's not, what makes them significant. But second of all, what makes them significant is something totally other. So it kind of pulls them yeah. out, right? It kind of is like, yeah. you, you might have thought that that was why you were cool, but yeah. this is why you're cool. I mean, I imagine Peter, when he told Jesus, oh, Lord, you'll never go to the yeah. cross. He thought he was saying something <laughs> significant, right? He's like, I'm on a roll. I'm yeah. Gonna, <laughs> I got this nail. Yeah, I, I got this down. Don't worry. I, I, I get revelations. I'll tell you what's going on. But instead, you know, the significance came when he didn't even, wasn't aware of it. You know, it's just he, he said something, and, and on the truth of what he believed in, that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he was walking with that, that was making him part of something significant, right? What yeah. God is doing, the kingdom, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. That, that's a powerful thought, you know, having that kind of keys to the kingdom. Um, and, and you do that when you bless somebody. You, you lose heaven when you love someone yeah. when you help someone right all of a sudden you're you're loosing the the that blessing that is of god and who god is and you're giving it you're you're making the kingdom a reality present and i think that's significant and that's why i said kind of helping getting people to help you helps them see the significance that yeah. they have oftentimes too um and i think brian said this on monday night but this is something that, that goes back for me to to youth ministry days, the uh, this idea of like calling out like some somebody might not know what what they do that affects other people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody might not know that like when you see them in an interaction with somebody and they're really encouraging somebody, they might know that that, that they're doing that. Yeah, it's just kind of. But if you call it out and say, "Man, I, I just noticed how you know much encouragement you brought to that person," yeah, that's kind of gospel, right? That's that's yeah, that's bringing life to this, you know, like, and maybe that it makes them go, Oh, okay. I didn't realize I did that. Yeah. And just being mindful of that now can help them lean into it a little bit more, a little bit more intentionally. So, and that's things that we don't normally do because it feels like 
weird. Yeah. But those kinds of things I think we need to do because this is this is us, uh, you know, speaking gospel into each other's lives, speaking truth into, uh, you know, the lies. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's true. And it just helps, again, open the eyes to that different dimension, you know, to see something that maybe you didn't see before. Yeah. 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 And then lastly, security. Yeah, that's the hardest one for me, too. Um, so the lie is that, and, and typically this one's the money one, right? But it's yeah. not just money. Yeah, it, it's the sense of having enough, um, you know, the sense of being sufficient, um, of. Again, the idea of security is, okay, I don't need anything because I've got what I need. Um, or I've got all that I need. And when we start thinking that way in terms of finances, of jobs, of, you know, cars that don't break down, uh, clothes, material things, right? That's where we get into trouble because we're missing another aspect of life that is also valid or maybe even more so. Um, it's, it's, I, I battle with this one sometimes because, I mean, I don't know poverty, you know, and people who live in poverty would have a, probably a different understanding of security than I mm -hmm. do, right? And, and people who live without things, there are needs that they have that can be looked like as a lack of security, but they, they could still find security in other ways that I, I can't really speak to because I'm not in a position to. Um, but for me, you know, insecurity looks like having to get a new air conditioner and dip into my savings, you know? Okay, that, that makes me feel insecure because I don't have a whole lot of savings, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, now I'm feeling like, okay, I, I've got to do something to feel okay. And what I've been doing since that's happened is I've been leaning into why don't I feel okay? What is it that's making me feel insecure? And it's not just the money. It's the lack of control. I don't have control over whether my air conditioner breaks. I don't have control whether I get in an accident or not. I don't have control in whether I get cancer or not. I don't have control over so many things. And the thought of that can make me feel very insecure. And so then I have to say, okay, if all these things can happen and I have no control, what can I be secure in? What is there that I have that maybe can't be taken away. Yeah. Like what is the thing that the, 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 the hell will not prevail against? Yeah, exactly. What, what is the thing that won't be shaken? What is the thing that I can bank on, um, and, and get my return, you know, without it being a gamble. And that really is God's love. That really is God's caring for me so that even, you know, when Peter was told, you know, the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against this, he didn't say at that point, you know, but you're still going to be crucified. You know, he, like, sorry, you know, but that was the truth, yeah. but it didn't change the other truth. 
that the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against what's happening in you. And I, I guess part of that is believing that we are more than the sum of the physical world we live in and finding security in that knowledge then what is the world that we are also a part of that helps us to see things in a better perspective in a different light so that I don't get so hung up over the air conditioner or the car or the cancer um, you know to realize that I, I can live in a different house I can live with a lot less I, I don't gosh I've had cars that I've had to jump start you know to get going almost every day. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I've lived in different things, and I'm thankful I don't have to do that. I'm not as young as I was. <laughs> but I, I can live, and I, I was happy back then. You know, I, I was fine. I I, I lived in a, an apartment, a one-room apartment with a friend, um, and I lived in the living room with a mattress, you know. I mean, it was like, and that was so much fun. That was our first place we moved out. Um, that doesn't bring... If I think about it now, if I had to live there now, I'd feel like, oh, that's so insecure, right? Really? You were so happy back then, right? Mm -hmm. you, you had no care because it wasn't the focus, you know? Things were different back then, and your mindset was different. How can I regain a mindset that refocuses my, my life to not be so consumed with the things that I feel I need and bring me security? I mean, I don't know. This is more of a confession, I guess, than an answer to the question. <laughs> I don't know. How do you get secure? But, I mean, it's what I'm leaning into to try and see that reality. But, but the, so, and we all, we probably, I mean, not everybody, <clears throat> but to different extents, um, someone who's living in real poverty deals with this differently than than us who live in suburbs and yeah i mean it's, it's still it still doesn't minimize what, yeah. because we still have decisions and families and you know pieces of this puzzle that, yeah but yeah. you go well, man if i can't afford this i can't afford something that i have to have <laughs> or i had to replace yeah those are hard things and and then uh but i think it it, it kind of does exactly what you said it, it points it points to true north and us like what are we really about yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the thing, to see that it, it's pointing us somewhere, right? It's helping us to see, because I don't want to minimize struggles or, you know, things that people are going through. Uh, if someone's lost a job, yeah, that's, that's hard. And it's okay to have, you know, uh, those feelings of anxiety. I think that's a normal thing. But your security isn't going to be just in a job. It, it's got to be in something more. So that when the job goes away, there's something that can hold you up still and give you security in your family, um, you know, a, a dream or belief in something more um, so that you can still live into that wherever you are, you yeah. know, with whatever you have. Um, and it, it, everyone, again, it's pushed in different ways. I heard a podcast today talking about... Um, how certain scriptures are emphasized in certain churches, you know, and in a, like a, a church that is pretty middle class or white or, you know, has a, a good means of economically, the scriptures that they use and focus on are usually different than, say, a black church, you know, years ago that focused a lot on Exodus, 
and, you know, the deliverance of people from, you know, the oppressors. And it's like, well, yeah, that was their world. And so that's their conversation. And those are the scriptures that jumped out to them and spoke to them and gave them the sense of security that they needed for where they were, you know. And, and I think those kinds of things do show up. You know, there's insecurity, I think, in everyone. Some of the houses I, I train at and work in are multi-million dollar houses. And I see people who are insecure, who have more money than I'll ever have, mm-hmm. you know. And you think, how could you be insecure? But they're insecure, maybe not about money, but they're insecure about their lives. They're insecure about their health. They're insecure about a lot of things. Where, again, the words of Jesus to Peter, you know, the gates of hell won't prevail against what's happening in you. They don't have. And so those are the kinds of things that I always just have to weigh out. What What is going to last and not be shaken, and how do I see that? in my life right here right now so that I can lean into it and draw from that bank kind of a thing yeah to be helpful <clears throat> yeah and those are the things um you know I I've always said this I think I've said this from the pulpit here once mm-hmm. or twice but it's like this idea of like you know preaching truth to yourself mm-hmm. um it's the first truth you got to preach to yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think maybe that's, these are, these are all very significant things to everybody. So, uh, whatever your struggle is or mine, um, I think I find that, that speaking truth to myself in the hard places, mm-hmm. um, it makes it, it makes me more fluent to do that yeah. when I see other people in the same struggle. Yeah. I, I mean, and I hopefully this whole series has been helpful in that process. I want, because if we're not aware of something, we, we won't change in it, right? Transformation happens when we become aware of the need for transition in our lives. And that's why we have to detect and we have to be sensitive. We have to be allowing God to, you know, speak. I, I hate using those words because it seems so, you know, clear, you know, minister to us. So just like the story with Peter where God revealed this to you. I want God to reveal these things to me and he does it through those kairoses. He does that through these certain ways where it's like, I'm just aware of something. I'm uneasy and now I've got to lean into it, right? I got, why am I so uneasy about this? Why does this make me feel so upset? What's going on that's causing this? And that could be an area of, maybe believing a lie, Mm -hmm. you know, it's because you think you're getting significance from what people think and you look stupid. So now you feel like you're insignificant, right? Something, I don't know, just something like that. And so it's bothering you and it's your pride because you put significance in this camp and that camp is now being shaken and you should have put your money in this bank because this bank is where it won't be taken away Mm -hmm. you know and being able to do that throughout our lives is how we change you know my fear is to stop changing my fear is to stop growing to stop seeing the shortcomings in my life and I think that's one I mean kind of tongue-in-cheek but that's one of the great things about marriage you know my wife lets me know my shortcomings. <laughs> I mean, but in in a good way. It's not just, you know, she's telling me, "Oh, you you blew this." 
she's helping me to see when I'm insensitive by letting me know, well, that wasn't, that wasn't the best way to do that, you know? And if I get upset because she, you know, challenged me, why am I getting upset? Mm. Probably because it was true, right? Probably because it wasn't the best way to deal with that. And I, I did it wrong. And now I've got to, you know, apologize or, or recognize that's my default. That's how I deal with things. Um, and, and so being able to change is huge. It should be something we welcome. Repentance is good news, right? Yeah. It's a good thing. Hey, you're changing. Good for you. Yeah. You know? And so hopefully these areas are places where we learn how to change and putting our trust in things that are better and finding significance, belonging, and security in these areas. And I don't want to just say in the Lord, right? Because that's such a cliche thing. I just cringe when I, I think cliche get to the details of it, you know, oh yeah, just find your significance in God. What does that mean? Where does that show up? Get to the, the nitty gritty because that you can get lost in that. Even though it's true, you can get lost in it. Oh, I find significance in Christ. What does that mean? Right? Show me where you're not finding that significance and where you need to change because that's where you find it. Someone's at my door. (laughs) Yeah. On that note. (laughs) Any last uh, thoughts? No, I mean, I think uh, what I take away again is like um, every every week that we went through one of these, you know, belongings, there's there's pieces of me that I'm like, huh, now I've got to deal with that. Now I've got to deal with that. (laughs) And, And that's... It's a good thing, right? It's just yeah. it's just you know coming out of you know being lazy because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I've got some I've got some 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 work to do, some excavation to do, and and this I think sums it all up. Like like just recognizing those things is hard enough, but now kind of reversing those things mm-hmm. or or believing something differently. Yeah. And by believing, that doesn't just mean something that goes on here. It means there's living action it. there's yeah. action living it as if it's true yeah yeah that that's where gospel is yeah good stuff good stuff well thank you guys for joining hope you enjoyed this no questions here again we want to invite you to take where you're at right now and bring it down here next wednesday so we can see your face and again we would love to have interaction you don't have to interact but if you have any questions that you want to share with you know, we'd love to get those. I might not have an answer. It's not a Q&A as much as it's a, you know, a question and review. I don't know. Question and discuss. You know, we'll, we'll at least talk about those things. Because, again, that's growth we need as well. Um, thank you, guys. Love you. Miss you. Hope to see you Sunday. And hope to see you Friday on Zoom. If you get this, uh, look at our website or any of the social media. You'll have the Zoom address and information there. Take care. God bless you guys. Thanks, Randy. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.